0: Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being with us today to celebrate Advent. It is the second week of Advent where we are going to be thinking about peace. Last week, we talked about hope and how there's hope for us and hope for our future and how we can like lean into that hope today. We're going to be talking about peace uh, next week. Um, Ruth Weller, who was the founding lead pastor of Rehope Southside, is going to be back joining us to speak about joy. And then on the 18th, uh, my queen, Jamie, um, is going to be talking to us about love. That's very exciting coming up, but I don't want to pass up on today because today is a very important day, my friends. Today is Jay-Z's birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. He's 53 today. I bet you didn't think Jay-Z was 53, but he is. Um, It's Jay-Z's birthday today. That's the kind of stupid, pointless information that I carry around with me. Um, It's in a lyric, and since I have one of those brains that remembers almost every lyric I've ever heard but leaves my laptop charger at work, I remember that it's Jay-Z's birthday. 53 today. Sean Carter was born December 4th, weighing in at 10 pounds, 8 ounces, is how that lyric goes. Big baby, eh? 10 pounds, 8 ounces, yo, big baby, but happy birthday, Jay-Z. The other reason that I remember Jay-Z's birthday is that it is 10 years ago to the day, like almost to the hour since that one time where I lost my job as a teacher, and uh, in October I told you that someday I'm going to get up and preach a sermon around here where I don't talk about my academic feelings. Well, that was last week, and now I'm going to move on to my professional feelings, Uh, Which I feel fine about because they're not very recent, so got your back, don't panic. But believe it or not, I do have some professional feelings like getting fired as a teacher because of a clerical error. Let me get into the story. So um, it's December 4th, 2012, and I'm working in the primary school that I did my probation year in the year before, and uh, we're in the assembly hall practicing for the school nativity show, and you'll know that that is a really big deal. We're in the assembly hall, and it's at that point that the head teacher comes bounding in, big smile on her face, Mr. Crooks, just the man I want to see. And when we got into her office, it was a different story. The GTC have been on the phone, and they say that you're not registered with them, and that means you have no professional insurance, and that means that you can't work here anymore. <laughs> I wasn't even panicked at that point. I wasn't even worried at that point because I was able to tell her that at the end of my probation year, I phoned the GTC and I spoke with them and I said, what do I need to do to like pay my fees and get fully registered at the end of my probation year? Don't worry, said the other voice at the other end of the phone. The fee comes out of your paycheck automatically. You don't need to do anything. Great, I thought. I love not doing anything which is not true, but I love not doing life admin. So I was loving this. Had a lovely summer, came back to the same school the next year, worked there for, it seems, five months without being registered until uh, they figured it out. And um, I was like, yo, this happened. Like, it, it should be fine. And my head teacher told me that's not the story that I'm getting from them. If I were you, I would drive there right now. And see if you can sort this out so I did maybe the panic is starting to set in a little bit just now I drove there to Edinburgh to try and sort it out and when I got there they told me it was a done deal there's nothing that they could do and um, three weeks before Christmas I lost my job drove back to Glasgow got home to our little house in 394 Maryhill Road um, maybe about 45 minutes Before Jamie got back from work, and when she got back from work, she still found me sitting on the stairs with my head in my hands, and she was like, What is wrong with you? She's used to me overreacting to things. But this was not one of those times. I told her what had gone on, and like, what do you say? Like, what do you do when three weeks before Christmas, your first Christmas married, you lose your job? Happy birthday, Jay Z hope your 43rd birthday was great because it was not my favorite day the next day you wake up to like nothing like what are you supposed to do and your body clock is still that way so you still wake up in time to go to work but you've no work to go to jay-z's waking up pure hanging on by the way beyonce's on baby duty with ivy blue that morning she's 10 now About to turn 11 on January 7th, now you can always remember Ivy Blue Carter's birthday. And I'm waking up to nothing, man. I'm watching Storage Wars and eating leftover lasagna at 10 a.m. And what are you supposed to do? And I'm just sitting there thinking about how in two weeks we are going to go back to Ireland for Christmas. And Jamie's dad, like one of the most hardworking people you would ever have the pleasure to meet, is going to ask me, how's work going? And I'm going to have to tell him what happened, and he's going to think, "What kind of a plank is my daughter just married? What is this?" And I'm like, "Cool." So it's Christmas time. So peace, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it feels like at Christmas. We are supposed to feel peace, and um, maybe because we're supposed to feel peace, sometimes that fe- peace ends up feeling like harder to come by. Do you know like family difficulties are more difficult at Christmas and like financial strain is more straining and like a bereavement at Christmas is way more heartbreaking and tragic and like even like being busier feels busier at Christmas and I know like this thing going on for me in 2012 it definitely felt worse because it happened at Christmas feels at Christmas you're supposed to feel the peace but sometimes it feels like actually there are some more barriers to your peace that get thrown up at this time of year but i have good news for you my dudes god is with us he is and um, i want to take a chance to thank maya for reading for us this morning um, including from isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 and last week we talked about how things in the land of darkness were very dark indeed And in this section, God and then Isaiah are talking with this king, this King Ahaz, which if you remember from last week, he was a disaster piece. Um, And I love the context of this promise because it's another one that we read at Christmas time and get all the feels. But um, the context of this promise gives us a really clear picture that even when things are far from ideal, there is peace for us. So let's give ourselves a little reminder. Um, Isaiah chapter 7, verse, uh, start at verse 11, says, Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Great. Isaiah said, listen, how say David? Is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive. Have a son and name him Emmanuel. And then he goes on to prophesy that before the time the boy has learned the difference between right and wrong, all the immediate threats to Ahaz's peace, will be gone all of this because of this boy Emmanuel, meaning god with us and this is not some kind of like god is with us in some kind of like abstract feelingsy way which probably shouldn't reduce the impact of god being with us but you know sometimes it does this is actual god actual with actual us and that is huge that in the middle of difficulties, and in Ahaz's case, these are self-imposed difficulties, God provides a promise that there can be peace. Huge. And this shifts stuff from, I'm supposed to feel peace, but I can't because of this, this. This changes it to, I mean, I have this stuff going on and it's real life stuff, but God with me, I can have peace. And that is huge. And and it's good to recognize that the message of peace comes to people who need that message. Like what good news is good news for people who don't need good news? But these dudes did need it. To move from no peace to peace, that's the kind of thing that our God does. So thankful for that. And he can do that because he's with us. And the promise of peace is there for us too. Sometimes, though, I find that my problem is I just don't receive it. Like, the peace is there for me, but I just have a hard time receiving it. So, let's talk about how we can partner with God in receiving some peace this Christmas. And for this, I can't move past the section in 1 Kings when Solomon dedicates the temple. And um, Here's chapter 8 of 1 Kings, verses 33 to 36. It says when, not if, it says when. Your people are defeated before an enemy because they've sinned against you and they return to you and praise your name and they pray and plead with you for mercy. In this temple, may you hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people, Israel. May you restore to them the land you gave to their ancestors. And when the skies are shut and there is no rain because they have sinned against you and they pray towards this place and praise your name. And they turn from their sins because you're afflicting them. May you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel so that you may teach them to walk on the good way. May you send rain on your land that you gave your people for an inheritance. You see that thing that's going on there. Like when um, difficulties come, you can turn to God with prayer and praise. And the temple thing is a big deal. And it's helpful for us to understand the way that we can respond to Emmanuel to receive peace. Because right back at the start of humanity, God and people had a special thing going on in the garden. But we know that that's not the way that things stayed. But God had a plan to fix the special thing that God and people had going on in the garden. And I know that we think that Leviticus is boring. But the first time that God dwelled among his people since the garden is far from boring. And sure, there's like a bunch of stuff that they have to do to make sure that that can be um, even an option for them, hence the rest of the book of Leviticus, but not boring. Always going to be temporary, but not boring. And then there's the temple where the people have a permanent, or so they thought at the time, um, place for God to dwell among the people. Huge deal, but still with the sacrifices, still with the stuff that you've got to do. But since God was living among them, there was always peace available for them. And there was things that they had to do, the sacrifices and that. And then if they got off track, then there's more things that they have to do. They have to turn back to God with prayer. And when Solomon goes down his big list in chapter 8 of all the things, and prayer is a constant in that. And when you turn to God in prayer, then peace is always a consequence. And the praise part is more sprinkled in. It's only mentioned twice in that chapter, but still, like mentioned twice, so I'm not gonna uh, ignore it. Like when we give God praise, we're reminded of who he is and what he does for us, so then our expectations of him go way up and our confidence in him goes way up because we have a God who is like this. Yo, this is amazing. We have a God who can do these things. Incredible. I can put my hope and my confidence in him. When we do that, then how could it not result in peace? We have a God who is that good, that good. And the amazing part is that God is right there for them since with the temple, he is dwelling among his people and like among his people, sure. But the architecture of the tabernacle and then of the temple is such that God was definitely among his people, but also like definitely still separated from his people. But this Jesus thing, that's different though. This promised baby, this Emmanuel, that is different because it's not among, but still kind of separated from us. It's way better for us than that. This is actual God, actual with actual us. Here's what Colossians uh, chapter 1, which Maya read for us earlier as well, says. says the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. shed on the cross. Like, do you get the sense of wonder in that, my dudes? Do you get the sense of the enormity of Jesus being with us? Like, are you seeing this thing? Like, get this thing, Uh, give me a click there. Yeah, look at that, yo, all things, all things, all things, everything, fullness, all things, all things, all things. Actual God being actual with, actual us, actual changes, actual everything for actual us. For sure, because Jesus brings peace into everything, there's nothing that his peace can't touch, because he is boss, yo, like God is capable, Nah, 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 no, nah, no, nah, that makes it sound like he scrapes through, um, and he's competent and does an acceptable job, no, like God is above, like Jesus is above all things, supreme in all things, and Jesus changed everything for us, because he has got exactly what it takes to be supreme over everything. Jesus has got what it takes to bring peace into everything. So, your thing that you have going on just now, like that thing that's maybe like blocking your peace, maybe that thing that's feeling like a little bit worse since it's around Christmas time and that seems to be what happens, that thing, that thing is part of all things. And Jesus can bring peace into that thing for you there's hope for you and there's hope for your future we got a nice reminder of that last week and there is peace for you in your immediate circumstances and beyond because Jesus did what needed to be done to bring peace to you and how did he do that he did that by shedding his blood on the cross and making peace once and for all so that we can always have peace. Look, just like in the tabernacle and the temple, um, there were things that the people needed to do to make the God with us thing, like even a possibility. And just like that, there are things that Jesus needed to do to make this God with us thing, a thing. Like he needed to sacrifice himself. He needed to die and rise again, and he did. But this is not like the tabernacle and the temple. And um, which were always going to be temporary, um, even though they thought the, tap, or the temple was going to be permanent. What Jesus did was once for all, like permanent, forever, always, so there can always be peace for you, always. So this is our moment, my dudes, like our moment to receive peace. Because a bunch of times the things that are hard do feel harder at Christmas, Stuff is real, and we're not going to pretend that it doesn't exist. But instead, when we feel the pressure, let's focus on God and remember, He is with you, and that is a huge deal. And remember, turn to Him with prayer and praise. Boost your expectations of God, boost your confidence, and remember that Jesus has got what it takes to bring peace into everything including your thing, including your thing. God is with us, Prince of Peace, class. Like he is the exact kind of God that we need, the exact God we need, and we've got him since he made a way for us when he came to earth, which we celebrate at Advent, and not just came to earth for us, but came to earth as us, like as a person, a baby, no less. And then he grew up and he learned and he lived a sinless, perfect, spirit-filled life. And he was crucified and he rose again to prove that he is supreme over everything. Prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And We can put our hope in him and we can draw our peace from him got a couple of challenges for you this morning my friends and the first one is to declare and declare that Jesus brings peace into everything including the thing that you have got going on just now. Declare that you're not a lost cause to peace like if you're feeling like I'll never like I will never have peace especially not this Christmas because of this thing. Declare I am not a lost cause to peace and break off the lie that you'll never feel peace because of this stuff that you've got going on. And uh, number two is list. I mean, I guess this is all one challenge, but I've broken it down for you a little bit. List is like, write down the things that are blocking your piece. I'd get a piece of paper and I'd fold it in half and I'd draw a line up the middle. Write down all the things on one side that are blocking off your piece. If you've got a bunch of stuff going on, maybe your list is going to be longer. Maybe you've got that one big thing that you need to deal with. Write it down. And then on the other side of the paper, write down something that you know about God that will give you confidence that he can indeed bring peace into that thing that you have got going on. And then number three, prayer and praise. Like Use what you've listed to help you to praise God for who he is and for what he's done and to ask him to intervene for good and bring peace into your circumstances because trust me, he has got what it takes to bring peace into the things that you have got going on.